Clay, before we get into the first two episodes of this second season of Star Trek Lower Decks, I had to ask you, Mm. do you believe in the sophomore slump in a general sense across any kind of any kind of media or activity or whatever you can do? The sophomore slump is uh, usually known as your second year of something. Sophomore is when you're a second year of something. So your second attempt Mm -hmm. is always always a bit of a letdown compared to the first one. Do you think that's a general thing, something to worry about? Kind of. Um, I think it depends on. <clears throat> I I guess I guess it depends on how how high you fly with the first one. You know, like if you, like I I heard I heard Peter Frampton talk about this actually, where he said, uh, you know, Frampton Comes Alive came out and it was the greatest thing ever, and you know people are giving it away in the mail with samples of Tide and all that kind of jokes and stuff. Um, and he was like, yeah, then I had to go back and I, they wanted the next album like within a year. And I had spent my whole life writing those songs and then they want me to do another album in eight months and it's just not going to be as good. So I think there's, there's that kind of thing where it's like, I think a lot of times the time and the pressure gets to people and stuff. But, uh, on the other hand though, you've got a band, you've got a band like Led Zeppelin or something that's constantly writing and constantly recording and arguably their second album is better than the first and yeah. the fourth album is better than the third, you know. So I, I do think I, I think it shows up more when the first one flies higher. Yeah. And so the second one, even if it's good, is never gonna seem like it's as good as the first one. Yeah. <clears throat> I think it probably happens in music more than anything. I, I don't think it happens too much in TV series, really. It always seems like TV's second yeah. year is generally better than its first year. But I think it always, there's a lot of stories of um, a band's second album is because they're under pressure to get something out. It's the songs that weren't good enough to make the first album. So they have like right. a collection of songs right. that are yeah. not really the top material, but they've already written five of them. So they might as well use them for this next album that's got to come out. Which is gonna, yeah. Which is gonna knock your average down, I think. Um, what's the, uh, what's the, is there a more famous? I get, I'm gonna say famous just because everybody makes this, this, you know, comment whether or not it's true or not. Uh, television sophomore slump than say, uh, The Wire. I don't even think The Wire is a sophomore. Yeah, I mean. That would be because that's the one everyone's like ah season uh, season two is not great. That would be my example, but I I don't agree with it. I guess is there a better version of a sophomore slump in a second year? True de- True Detectives a pretty True Detectives a good one. Yeah. yeah, I didn't like the first year, but the second year was something else. Um, <laughs> anything else? No, like even the Star Treks generally get better. Um, I think comedies are always better in their second year. Maybe spoiling yeah. ourselves for this discussion, but I don't know. A lot of TV is – I think TV tends to be better because the first year, so much of it is figuring out what the show is. Yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah. It's a, and I then th- by the second year, you've got everybody kind of gelling and the crew is kind of you know all working on the same page and stuff, I think et, cetera, the, et cetera, Yeah, I think the music example would be um, bands that started off as punk bands in like 76, 77, and then they became post-punk with their next album. There was a kind of like – you know, they, they were literally like learning their instruments in the first album. And then the second one is actually an improvement because there's a kind of um, musicality growth that comes out of it. I think, I think oh, TV's sure, the same. Sure. It's like you figure out what you're doing and then you go with it. But let's get into um, Lower Decks, I guess, and see how it 
manages to avoid or fall into its sophomore slump. We're not doing breaks anymore. I'm done with breaks, so let's just move right into it. We're going to be talking about strange energies. Efficiency. In- Nothing but streamlined efficiency. <laughs> I've been no, t- no, no gristle whatsoever. No taste. We just want lean hamburger here. Let's just give our scores and get the hell out of here. Um, yes. Yeah, I've been, I've been listening to Wire a lot. And uh, Wire is a band that embraces brutal efficiency in songwriting. So I think I'm going to, I'm going to adopt it here. If people have a big problem, let me know. But I'm just going to continue <laughs> as if nothing ever happened. So Strange Energies is the first season first episode of the second season of star trek lower decks it came out on august 12th 2021 written by mike mcmahon directed by jason zurich in universe state not specifically known as 2183 in this episode called strange energies the uss cerritos is dispatched on a mission where it ends up in a sci-fi event resulting in strange energy which commander ransom inadvertently absorbs the second episode we're going to be talking about two episodes of star trek lower decks in each of these episodes for the second season Second one's called Kayshawn, His Eyes Open. Second episode of the second season came out August 19th, 2021. Written by Chris Kula, directed by Kim Arndt in Universe State 58001.2381. In this episode, our lower deckers have trouble bonding with Ensign Jet Manhaver, who has been assigned Boimler's bunk and shift duties. Meanwhile, we get a glimpse of Boimler's life on the USS Titan, which is more intense than we thought it would be. I don't like that blurb. I think it's a bad blurb, but um, I'm... Excited to learn that that guy's name was Jet Manhaver. Um, yeah. So, Clay, who are you? It are? doesn't really. I guess. I guess it kind of fits. I guess it fits the 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 way they introduce him. But it, uh, you you learn that he's more than just the uh, good looking ransom type. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it could be Manhaver, but I think Manhaver sounds a little bit more natural. I don't remember <laughs> them saying his name in the episode. Anyway, as I said, we're going to be doing two episodes of Lower Decks for the rest of the season. I think it's more efficient. We're going to be alternating Enterprise and Lower Decks each week. So next week will be Enterprise. The week after that, Lower Decks until Lower Decks is done. Um, mostly because I think that Lower Decks might not have enough to carry each episode of itself. And I want to finish Enterprise too. So I think it's in our interest to just mm. keep Enterprise going. Lower Decks, we can do two at one and call it a day. And we'll start here with these two. We don't have to talk about these in order, Clay, but general sense... What'd you think of these two? Do they have a sophomore slump so far? Um, I don't think so. I, I like them both uh, pretty decently well. Um, I think I like the second one a bit more. Uh, I thought the second one was it, much, it's better. All, much better. In yeah. <clears throat> I think they're, they're, they're pretty consistent stylistically from the last one. I What I didn't like about the first one is it kind of felt a little bit like it was a hangover episode from the first season. Um as far as just kind of getting back into the um, uh, Mariner and her mom stuff, which I didn't really feel landed that well in this one, and I also you mean like a reintroduction end, I, hangover, like they had to bring they had to bring you up to speed with where everyone stood at that point. Do you mean that the yeah, storyline well, was just over at the end of the first season? Y- yeah, I think it's the the fact that they had to they focused on it so specifically and then they very much very quickly reverted back to to uh, to the original version where they weren't working together anymore um which i i for some reason i had thought they had landed at that point anyway at the end of the last season Mm. Uh, i couldn't remember exactly where things landed and at the end of this episode i was kind of confused because i wasn't really sure what mariner did to end up in the brig um because she was given the okay to go down there and power wash the building by her mom (laughs) 
and I'm not I'm not really sure <laughs> what would send her to the brig aside from repeatedly kicking ransom into the nuts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't. I guess it was disobeying orders, right? Is that the that the problem with why she? I guess. I guess. I'm not really. Sh- I'm not really sure what orders were going around when there was a giant head trying to eat the ship, but I, sure, whatever doesn't doesn't matter. I didn't really like the first one all that much. I thought that the second one was mm-hmm. better. Um, my problem with the the first one is Strange Energies is that it um it was interesting because its conception is incredibly generic Star Trek. Like the the point of the episode is that they encounter strange energy, which gives you sort of like this godlike ability. And it's very yeah. it's very um it's very much like on the nose making fun of the fact that real Star Trek shows, quote unquote real Star Trek shows, run into weird energy things that do stuff like this, right? And to me it just felt um kind of trite and uninteresting it was it was almost like too much of a reference point to what the joke is that they're making fun of something like because because mm-hmm. they're calling it out in the episode is is how uh sort of bland and how this happens all the time and i just didn't feel that like the comedy that came out of it felt like it was specific enough to be funny in that case it was kind of like yeah i yeah. get the idea but yeah. i don't think this is really all that all that good and i also didn't like all the um endless referencing of Mariner and her mother. Um, I was kind of glad that they reset that at the end, but it felt to me like it was a lot of, remember season one, this is all the stuff we need to catch you up on, and here's a generic plot line going on in the background that will kill a little bit of time in between yeah. us reminding you of things. Yeah, I think that's what I, that's what was bothering me about it, too. Like That's why it felt like it, 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 felt like it was a hangover episode from season one. Um, <clears throat> I, I didn't... Um, yeah, I didn't love the I the the main thing I think that was bothering me was that it wasn't really uh like the main crux of it with Ransom getting those powers and trying to eat the ship and uh when they eventually break through to him and figure out what his issue is, it didn't feel like that was the point of the episode before that, the fact that he was uh uh annoyed with mariner and 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 the captain hanging out together yeah, or whatever, jealous of them the, a little know. bit it's, it's sort yeah. of a jealousy thing yeah <laughs> yeah they didn't really they didn't really get that didn't really come across that that was what the problem was um like they didn't spend any time laying the groundwork for that with ransom in the in this episode it was it was more of the mom stuff uh and and so i think those two things kind of like were kind of in 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 balance where I didn't think the payoff with Ransom matched how much weight they put on that story or how much groundwork they laid for it at the beginning. And I also didn't think that the uh, the amount of groundwork they laid with the Mariner and her mother story really paid off either. Mm-hmm. So I think they kind of sent each other in flux a little bit. That being said, I <laughs> her... Her depowering him by kicking him in the balls, I, I legitimately laughed out loud. That, that did not. I am not above saying that I found that very funny. I, yeah, it's um, a little bit of a Family Guy thing there, where they keep doing it after it's revealed that that's what's depowered him is that she she keeps kicking him and stuff like that. I I like to I like that too, and I, I thought that was funny. Like I um, I don't know. I I don't know how much my opinion of the show's humor has really changed since the first season. 
But yeah, what I I, I think I'm always going to have a hard time with this show, not feeling like it's a of a sort of too big for its britches version of a web series. You know like how shows used to have like web co- series yeah. that went along with it and you kind of yeah, like tune in for a little yeah. side taste to something that's not really real, but it'll get you to watch five minutes of advertising as you go online to watch a show or whatever. It, right, it kind of right. feels like that to me. Like I, I don't know in my heart of hearts if I'm ever going to accept Lower Decks as like, if people, you know, catch me on the stream, just say list all the, I'm on Jeopardy or something, they say list all the Star Trek shows. Lower Decks will probably be the one that comes in last and I have to think about what I'm missing while it's going on. You know, it's like mm-hmm. that kind of a Star Trek series. You're going to you're gonna remember Star Trek Prodigy, but not Lower Decks. Probably, just because <laughs> just because of the Chicote and Janeway, will they, won't they uh, thing coming back over again. But I, um, do you know what I mean? I, I we yeah, had this kind yeah. of discussion about whether or not this is canon, and I don't really care if it's canon or not. It's more about the fact right. of like the importance that I put on this series and where I think things matter. And I think the humor kind of comes from that. The other downside to that, and I'll throw it to you, is that when you were talking about the ransom storyline not being having groundwork laid and the same with the Mariner and her mother groundwork being laid, I think technically my biggest problem with this show is that I don't really uh, like or relate to the characters so far in this. I, I feel mm. the characters in this show are a means to an end in making a joke and – when you compare something similar, which is kind of another joke a minute show like Arrested Development, I have a real sense, even in the first couple episodes of Arrested Development, I have a real sense of what those characters are. And they, they kind of, sure, even sure. as exaggerated as that show was, they felt like real people some, uh, somehow. Like they felt like they were yeah. actually in relationships with each other and they were, they were really well developed in how they would interact with each other. I feel that the Lower Decks characters aren't that. They feel very hollow to me. And the comedy is kind of coming off of this Star Trek, let's make a joke thing. But like the the other storyline in the Strange Energy is Tendi and Rutherford. And I didn't care at all about Tendi and Rutherford's interpersonal conflict. Like it, ju- it just washed over me. And right. I was like, and I don't care because I don't really feel that they're full characters at this point. Like even Arrested Development, to bring it back to that, when the characters had a fake sort of like heartwarming moment that the show would then pull the carpet out from under them. I actually felt that there was a heartwarming thing in those arrested development moments. You feel that the right, family right, yeah. is actually learning a lesson and then there's a joke and it all kind of falls apart. I don't feel that for the lower decks characters. And I wonder if I'm ever going to really love the show. If I never feel anything more than that for these guys. Yeah. Yeah. I liked the, the Tendi and Rutherford stuff a little bit more. I think storyline wise, but even there it was like, there was so little of it and it was kind of like you're saying was kind of a means to an end. So I do think it's, there is there, there's not enough time. I don't think to, to really, but even that kind of felt like a hangover last season too. Cause it's like, they kind of had a thing a little bit. And I, I, I even found that plot confusing because the way that Rutherford was talking about everything was confusing me mm-hmm. where he's like, yeah, this is our first date. No, it's our third date. But my mind is broke. My 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 chip is something, and I'm different now. And I was like, I don't. I don't remember this. this. <laughs> yeah, is this stuff that happened, or this is? I'm just finding this kind of confusing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I do like those two together as like a pairing. I think they they work pretty well. Um, I think more so in the second one than in the first one. The first one was just sort of again. It was kind of like a a resetting of what their relationship dynamic kind of is. 
Um, and I did like I did like the shot where they're having their heart to heart in the hallway, and there's a giant head trying to eat the ship outside. Yeah. That was pretty good. I mean, to, to, uh, yeah, to tie it into you know, the second one though, did you feel um, spoilers for the end of the second one? But did, like when Boimler comes back, I didn't I didn't feel anything there, and I'm I don't know if the show is trying. Sure. I don't think the show is trying to make me feel something, but I just think that the characters of this kind of stuff, even in comedies that are super rapid joke a minute kind of joke a second kind of sitcom stuff, you generally need to have some kind of relationship to the characters. And I Mm. think that this show, one of its worst traits is that it it's, it's by far the best modern Trek show, but it does have the pacing of the modern Trek series, which is that it just blasts through stuff really, really quickly and it works better for comedy than it does for drama. But at the same time, are you concerned about the character develop like the characters at this stage? Do you feel that there should be more? Or do you think that this is what the show wants? Do you think that it matters? Is it relevant? If it's funnier, would it matter? Well, you know, I I think it's I think it's tough to to call in the first two episodes because if I remember correctly our trajectory on the first season was kind of similar. And then by the end of the season, we were like, oh, they actually told a pretty good story across the season. Um, I think the question is whether or not they can do the same thing without just repeating all the character beats, you know? Yeah. Um, But shouldn't I have absorbed something from the first season, I guess would be my problem. Like, shouldn't I have residual feeling for these characters? Or is it just that we're watching too much Star Trek and I'm forgetting about it, you know? Yeah, I I would agree with that. Because, like, I think... I, I think traditionally what's what a what a first episode that this first episode the way they set it up would be more about there would be more about Mariner's issues with uh Boimler leaving, right? Because that's that's how they open the season is with her doing uh cardio in the holodeck, which I thought was pretty good. I like that too. Um and it's all her working through her her anger at Boimler, the fact that he ditched her. Yep. But then you get into this other story, and that stuff doesn't play into it at all. Like it, it the focus shifts to to Mariner and her mom, and you're not getting at the end of that episode any sort of uh, emotional through line for for Mariner from where you started. Like Rick and Morty is fantastic at doing that, where they will set something up at the beginning and that becomes like the thesis of the episode. Right. And you've got all this crazy shit going on around it, but at the center is still this simple emotional arc that they're dealing with that they hit the points they have to hit. And by the end, it either breaks your heart or makes you feel good or makes you, uh, you know, laugh at how cynical yeah. it is. I'd argue the core um, of good writing basically. Like I, I, yes. I think oh, th- absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the, the first episode in particular I think I think both of them are missing this a little bit because, like you're saying, Boimler coming back doesn't really have that impact because they just sort of pay lip service to it. The second one does a little bit more with it, where they've they've got a replacement character mm-hmm. for for them to kind of compare and contrast with. But even so, it's just sort of surface level stuff. That's not really the point of the episode. Um, and I like the second one a lot. I I, I also like the second one more. I do think also that one the focus is a little bit off because I was kind of wondering why it was called Kayshawn his eyes open when he's only in it for like he turns into a doll yeah. after about a quarter of the episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
like I, I was kind of hoping that it was going to be more about them acclimating to him than this other character. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think in the first one, definitely that's what's missing is like the 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 sense that Boimler is has left a hole in this group is just kind of paid lip service to, um, and you don't get that much insight into how any of the, I guess the only one that you're really supposed to, that you really should get insight to is Mariner. And like I said, it doesn't really, it doesn't really affect much of the episode other than, um, you know, they have that bit where they, they use his bed as a storage locker or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, as they're, as they're going through the craziness of the plot, there's no point where she's like, comes to a conclusion based on something she thinks he would do right. or yeah. goes to turn to him yeah. to say something and he's not there or anything like that. You know, no, none of that stuff where it shows how much, even though she's playing it really cool, how much she actually misses him being there. Yeah, it's, it is surprising. Um, I think that like Boimler's only in this at the very end. He's kind of the tag joke. You see him on the Titan mm-hmm. as they get sucked into some kind of wormhole or something. Uh, and Riker is there. Well, I have more to say about Riker with the second one, which I, I guess we can move into at this point because I think that um, I do want to say one thing before you sure. do that, is on the canon thing. Um, I think any argument about whether or not this is canon is possibly the biggest waste of time in your life I can think sure. of. Because it's like it's just we debated it it's, too. I, I, I'm not saying it, like we're we're not above it, but it is a it's like a no, yeah. but but yeah, but like it's I don't I don't think it's meant to be digested in that. I think it is meant to be digested more in the way that you're talking about, where it's like it's kind of like a fun. It, they're having fun with the toys, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's it's they're playing by canon rules to some extent, but like unless. Unless Matt, I mean, I would give them a lot of credit if they did this because it would be one thing to look forward to in the second season of Picard. But if like Captain Mariner shows up in Picard, right. then we can talk about yeah. whether or not Lower Decks is canon. But until now, I, I until that happens, it's like, yeah, I mean, it takes place in canon, but whether or not it actually goes on the list of like the history of Starfleet as told through the shows labeled Star Trek, I think is. I don't know, kind of a silly argument to have. I, I think you could make the sense of, in the second episode in particular, if this is canon, this is some of the worst writing for Riker that's possible, right? Like, not to say that he's, oh, he's sure. not funny, yeah. but to say that, yeah. why is he talking this way? So, like, why is everything a musical right, reference right. and stuff like that? So it does exist in this weird world where it's technically canon, but it's not it's not the universe that you accept to be Star Trek at the same time. Um, right. Right, and with the second one leading into that, that's the same. That's the same reason I, I I don't understand why people get mad at like the amount of like Easter eggs and references they use because yeah. like that's the point of the show yeah. is to have fun with the toys. So when you go to the collector's place, yeah, you're gonna see Khan's necklace and that giant like sucker face monster guy mm-hmm. and the bones of giant Spock or whatever the hell that thing is. That's just, you know, that's just what you're going to do. Archer's water fun. polo ball is in one of the shots. So <laughs> is it? Oh, I missed that. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good, that's a, that's deep, a deep cut. cut. That's a good one. Yep. Um, the second one, I, Kayshawn, his eyes open, I think is what it's called. I'll skip ahead to the page to make sure. Kayshawn, his eyes open. Uh, this to me is the highs and the lows of how the comedy works on this show. And they did it in one episode, which I thought was fascinating. The mm-hmm. Kayshawn character is probably the worst referential 
unfunny. Is this even a joke, what you're doing? Or are you just referencing the fact that there are weird aliens that talk this way in a previous episode of Star Trek, mm-hmm. right? I don't... I was shocked with the title of the episode, how little this character does and how little the yeah. the characterization of those aliens came into anything that happened in the episode. He has no impact whatsoever on anything. He makes a couple jokes yeah. about speaking uh, their kind of language thing, the whole screwy metaphor stuff. And he goes, oh, excuse me, my translator's not working. What I meant to say is I'd love to go to get breakfast or whatever. On the other right. hand, the way that they get Boimler back is brilliant, I think. It's like the best yeah. use of how you reference previous Star Trek stuff in a way that makes sense on this show. And it actually adds a little bit of a twist where you're like, oh, that's kind of cute yeah. and funny. And it actually means something for the universe where Boimler does the second chances thing and makes a clone of himself. And then they can they can keep a clone on the Titan and send a clone back to uh, the Cerritos. I don't know. I... I was so torn because I hated the Kayshawn stuff, but I was like, it was all worth it for that joke at the end. Did you have any thoughts about either one of the Kayshawn or uh, Second Chances ripoff? Oh my! Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I had higher hopes for Kayshawn when they introduced him because I thought that was an interesting addition to Starfleet that they've never done before. Um, and I think I, I do think, unfortunately, it's a fairly one-note joke where it's. It's just, yeah, Shaka when the walls fell is really the only funny thing you're going to get out of it. I, at least that's the only thing they got out of it. And then they turn him into a puppet for some yeah. reason. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Boimler stuff was great. I also, and I'm not, I'm not the first person to say say this, but uh, I am shocked that they managed to do such a scathing indictment of the Alex Kurtzman, Kurtzman era Star Trek on an Alex Kurtzman produced Star Trek. I was show. wondering is. Is that intention? Like, I was wondering about that. Like, uh, you're talking about the the references to like over militarization action sequences, right? Like that that Boimler calls out the crew of the Titan for not being Starfleet because they're not doing any exploring. Is is there intent there, or is that just a lucky coincidence that it's lined up that way? I think it's intent. I think it's intent because the the one of the other crew members, one of the more badass crew members has a line at the end that is very much one of those like overly specific overly overly specific kind of referential lines where it's like she says something like uh maybe maybe Starfleet isn't supposed to be about getting into crazy battles and having these overly complicated characters that rush through all of their plots or like mm-hmm. one of those kind of things yeah. and it's like that feels very specific mm-hmm. that's that's not just uh, uh, ap- accidentally backing into making a point. I think they were very specifically setting, and and like the the contrast to that is Boimler talking about how much it's basically every online argument that's ever been had in the last five years, yes. where someone's like, "Why can't it just be like what it was like on the, the Enterprise D when people just played music yeah. and <laughs> they were five daycare centers?" <laughs> yes. Um. So it's like, yeah, I mean. I, it, it seems like it's a pretty pretty clear uh, critique of of what Kurtzman the modern Trek. version of Star Trek tends to be. Yeah, yeah, I was I was curious about it. I, I was I wondered about the intents because, as you say, it's a Kurtzman run thing, and it feels a little bit. It, it doesn't feel like. Um, charmingly jokey about it. It feels more of like a scathing indictment of it in a, in a yeah. weird way. Like the joke is 
very critical of that kind of storytelling and argue about even Riker kind of even Riker kind of acknowledges the fact that he's not in a, a situation that is natural. Yeah, yeah he wants to end. go back like, to the yeah, yeah, I wish I was back on yeah, the I wish I was back on the, on the Enterprise too. Yeah. And like yeah. It, I, I think you could argue you could even sort of massage this joke into talking about Enterprise because I think Enterprise suffers from an action itis yeah. thing of its own era that Discovery and uh, Picard kind of amp up to a whole new level. But I was um the only thing that makes it feel like it's like the pot calling the kettle black is that Lower Decks is not the show that does exploration, you know? So it's like, it's it's sure, hard for sure, Lower Decks. Right. I was thinking this would be a really scathing indictment if Strange New Worlds had an episode that focused on this and it was like right. laid back yeah. and it was like, you know, Pike is just like, we don't fucking run around on this show. We talk about diplomacy. And that would have felt funny. That would have felt better to me. I... There, that was the only reason why I thought that maybe there was an intent is because Lower Decks is not the show to push that button. It's not the one to say, like, this is the way that you're supposed to do Star Trek. You're supposed to be slow and boring because Lower Decks is not slow and about exploration at all, really. You know, It's not, but it does have, at least from the first season, the takeaway was that it does feel like it is the most traditional Star Trek it does. show. It has plots that feel um, it has plots running on Nitro that feel like original Star Trek plots underneath all that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's definitely dialed up, but I think the the bones are still there of the of the classic classic yeah. show. Because I, yeah, I I do. I mean, I I guess you could possibly say it's it's a bit of a self deprecating comment mm. to make because what they're talking about is kind of what they do on lower decks where it's a lot of running around and run and gun kind of stuff um but yeah i think it i think it's it speaks more to to the other shows than it does uh to lower deck specifically I, I was glad they did it if only for an in episode uh explanation because i was watching it going like why is why i understand this is a comedy but like why is riker this way it seems very strange, and then you you right, get you get yeah. this understanding that the Titan is just a different culture of ship, and it's not that you know. I early on before they draw this conclusion, it makes it seem like Boimler is in a situation where he expects there to be less action. You know, like he expects kind of an Enterprise D mm. type service thing, and there's much more action than that. And Riker is always standing up and pointing and yelling at things and making references. So I felt that. I felt that it was it was worthwhile to do just because within the episode itself you can um explain why Riker is this way at this point and why the the crew of the Titan acts that way and pay it off and stuff like that. So I was happy yeah. they did it. What did you think of Riker's appearances in this? I think he's great. I mean, I'm always going to He's funny. I'm always going to clap for for uh Frank showing yeah. up in the stuff. <laughs> I I like that when he's talking to the the clone who's staying behind and he's like as the door shutting says like computer play what is this he says like play um like bluebird or something like that it's a jazz yeah jazz, yeah jazz standard as he's pouring a drink yeah. i mean it's like yeah that that i think that um depiction of Riker tracks with what this show does which is it takes takes those things about the franchise that are kind of quirky and it just dials them up to 11. So the the lower decks version of Riker of course is going to be oh he's super into jazz. It's not just that one time he played yeah, a trombone right. on the yeah. show. It's like he does it all the time. <laughs> he makes references to it. And yeah. yeah, and he's constantly 
blowing stuff up and yelling red alert and stuff like that. It it makes sense to me that that's the way that he would be on the show. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm curious to see what they do with other characters who show up if they if they do show up. Yeah. Like I'm, I'd be interested to see what uh, Tom Paris is in the next Lower episode. Decks. We ha- we haven't done Voyager yet, so we won't have a frame. Tom Paris is oh yeah. excellent. Oh, we I won't have that. a frame okay. of reference, but he is in the next one. Um, yeah, but like, what is what does Lower Decks data look yeah. like? Is he constantly dealing with his emotion chip, and it's like uh, Mister Tricorder on acid yeah. every for thirty minutes? I think Worf would be actually tough to do. Because I think that the Worf parody would feel too lower decky. Like, there's not a distinction yeah. from what Worf is to exaggerate within this series. I don't think. I think, I think what you end up doing with Worf is you just show him destroying people. <laughs> the ultra just, violence that they could goes, show on TNG. Yeah. Stuff, yeah. Yeah. Or if I mean, if they if they had Worf on the show and didn't make some direct joke or comment about the time he killed a kid while he was playing soccer i think they would be not doing their yeah. job correctly yeah. in terms of um so the collector is this this the main storyline in Kayshawn where they they find this ship that they have to go over and they mm-hmm. get a chance to draw all the um callbacks and stuff like that they have a couple jokes about it a little bit a little bit let down that there's not more um meta commentary on Star Trek collecting or something like that. Like I feel that that's a, an sure. area that they could have really gone into. It's. I was just thinking the um, the SNL Star Trek convention sketch where Shatner does the thing. He's like, "What's with you people? Like, get a grip! <laughs> like, what's what's yeah. going on?" Yeah. I, I was expecting a little bit more commentary there, but they, the Squid Guy is just your sort of generic like mobstery sleazebag guy. You know, there's nothing really, mm-hmm. uh, nothing really meta about him. He's just kind of a, a stock usual character. Anything about that? Yeah. Yeah, I I was kind of surprised they didn't do more with it. Um like even even that whole story that they were telling in there felt a little bit unfocused. Like I I got what they were doing and I like where it ended up, but it was I don't know. I I wasn't totally sold on the competition angle between Mariner and uh what's his name? Stevie Hugbunt. Man Manhaver, I think Jet Manhaver. Manhaver. Jet Manhaver. Uh, ooh, that's two jets in the Star Trek universe. Yeah. We get Jet Reno and Jet Manhaver. Yep. Um, yeah, I like I I I yeah, I wish that they had done something a little bit more interesting in there. I wish he was a better uh, character. But it's I, I think he's I don't think he was yeah, written well yeah. enough to. He's kind of the stick in the mud character, but then his mm-hmm. development is that he just reveals that he's like, yeah, I like to laugh at the senior officers too. And right, yeah. I don't think I didn't think the pathos of him being rejected at the end was strong enough for the reasons that I, feel, I felt it was weird when Boimler comes back to have this character who we only just met mm-hmm. and I'm not particularly interested be actually devastated that he can't be part of the group. You know, it, it just I will say my girlfriend was very upset when they rejected him at the end. Yeah. She was what she she audibly went. No. <laughs> so. Maybe it's just I me. I guess it kind of works. Yeah, maybe it's just me. I, I, maybe that's not the last of Jet Manhaver that we've seen. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, because Mariner always runs into those regulation characters, and it's always she always overcomes yeah, them yeah. somehow. I don't know how you would make him distinct and interesting in any way that they haven't done before. I just, I wish he was more. I wish there was more of a, um. 
it almost feels I, I can't think of an episode of Seinfeld where that would happen, but where like a character is replaced by somebody and they are kind of enamored with the replacement. Like it's a there's upgrades to him that he's better than Boimler in oh, a lot sure, of ways. Sure. They, they don't yeah. they didn't do that. And again, I just think it's the way that the show works and it might be a reason why I can never really love it is that it doesn't it's it's built and fueled by reference gags like the plot can be strong Mm -hmm. but what what fuels the comedy is a sense of referencing star trek and it's not how are these characters interacting in a way that you could strip all the star trek crap off of it and it would still be funny you know they don't well i don't know i i think this episode still works well obviously the the boimler aspect storyline kind of is fairly star trek connected mm-hmm. but like i don't think i i think if they had just been in a generic collection room i think that story still plays out the same way i think it would too but uh, I, I don't think it's interesting i don't think that the the conflict between man and mariner that's is fair. an interesting conflict yeah. where if it was if it was extremely character oriented i could say you could have these be generic non-star trek characters and this is a funny concept about replacing your friend you know but that's not right, what the show does right, yeah yeah i would agree with that yeah um, I don't know why he's a doll. I did like, yeah. Well, I had a th- I had a thought about that, but uh, um, I did like that. The collect collector room, they didn't really bring a lot of attention to stuff. Like it's the uh, uh, I remember when I watched um, Ready Player One. Uh, you know, I had heard everybody complaining about how it was just uh nostalgia dopamine and stuff but the thing that i actually appreciated about it was they don't really call out anything it's just kind of there and somehow for me that made it better because it's not it's not about like pointing things out so much as it's just like well that's the universe they're in and i thought this was this collector's room did a fairly good job of that where it was just sort of letting that stuff be part of the environment like when they go in when they find that giant uh starfleet is it what i know it's from the the cartoon but what is that giant starfleet skeleton guy oh that with the blue uh he's from i know it's from the the tos cartoon but i don't know the context yeah it would be um what's it the the one that am i wrong is it is it the apollo episode where the guy gets big it might be something like that i'm not sure i i'm not going to embarrass myself by guessing but i I know yeah well regardless regardless it kind of serves my point which is like it doesn't matter if you know what that yeah, is yeah. it still becomes a obstacle for them to get through because it falls from the ground and breaks up into a bunch of giant pieces yes. and, you know it, it's not it's not something that they call out and they're like oh look it's the guy from who blah 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 sometimes they do that but i i was uh i was impressed that they didn't do that much at all in this and the one the one thing they do really call out is something that is as far as i know new to the universe Unless there is an episode of Deep Space Nine where Kalis's fornication helmet yeah. shows up, <laughs> um, I think that's the one thing they use that seems to be a new thing. Yes. So it's not leaning too heavily into uh, into uh, weaponized nostalgia. Yes, just got to know who Kalis is, I guess, for that one. I, yeah, I um, I would agree there. The like the 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 collector aspect is. Not explicitly called out as look at all these Star Trek references we can do, but I think that the 
I think it does come back to what I talked about earlier, which is that the the biggest failure of a joke, which is Kayshawn, is just a reference to something. Like if you sure, if you are not sure. aware of that reference, there's no joke in that situation whatsoever. That it's so yeah. I'd hesitate to call it a joke because it's, it's just a reference that people go, Wow, that's cute. Like I can't believe that happened. But if you were yeah. unfamiliar with Star Trek, you'd go, What's even happening with this guy? Like what what is he what is he doing? Right. Yeah, I I think that one is difficult because the context that you need to even understand what he's saying is not uh is not given. Yep. So like saying the universal oh the sorry universal translator is broken or whatever is is fine, but like I I'm familiar with that episode and even I was not entirely sure what the hell he was saying yeah. from time to time. <laughs> yeah. And so, so I, I was like, okay, yeah, I get it. It's the you know Darmok stuff, but it's not really landing with me because I'm not really sure what it is in that one note joke. And yeah, if you've never seen that episode, um, then it, yeah, I can't imagine that was anything more than just like, oh, I guess this is a different language. Yeah, or, or the Universal Translator is imagine, jarbling his words. You know, it's there's nothing beyond. Is this yeah. a joke that the translator is not working? He's not even. It's not even a weird like. Um, if the, if you thought that was the case, you'd be surprised that it's not like a sort of like Tourette's esque thing where the character is just swearing or something, you know, while the translator is broken and busted. And there's a comedy with the stuff that he's saying. They don't play what he says for comedy. There's no. Right. I was thinking like because I knew this guy was coming up. I was just thinking that there must be a whole lot of like if you bring in a senior officer who talks like this. Imagine this guy giving orders to people who don't know what he's talking about. And you're like, wow, there must be a whole right, sequence of right. stuff that you could build off of this. Like misunderstandings and what he's talking about is not, you know, like galore. The warp core needs fixing or something. The guy's like, what's wrong with the warp core? But it's just a reference to some other thing. He's like, come over for dinner or whatever. You know, the, how their metaphor language right, works. Right, they didn't, they didn't, yeah. they didn't do anything of that. It really honestly just made me appreciate how much work went into the original Darmok episode because that still holds up right, so well. Yeah. 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 Like I mean, just take take out whatever their what's their what's their language called? Well, it doesn't matter. The the Tamarians, take, uh, I guess. Tamarians. Take out that language and replace it with like Swahili yeah. or something. French. Yeah. Italian. I mean, pick pick a language that you yourself don't right. know. It's like does that make does it make it funny then? Yeah, no. no. It's just oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Every now and then he's saying something Ma, you know merci or sacre bleu yeah. or something um yeah so I, I i do think there was a lot of potential there the thing the thing that i would have expected them to do I expect he's continuing kind too. Of show, he, mu- he must continue on in the show and they might get into this yeah I, I yeah maybe maybe we'll get more of him later i would hope so given the way that he was just kind of like brushed to the side Oh, that's true what but, happens um, to him at the end of the episode he's in the sick bay right he he comes back in the background so he's that he's the puppet in the sick bay, and then they cut over to uh, ten four. Oh, that's or right. Whatever, the bar scene. He walks talk, in. The, they're all talking. Yeah, he walks in the door. Yep. And then they have the little beat at the end where he tries to hit oh, on that's the girl, right. but he tra- he's yeah. doing it through the uh, the Darmok yeah, language right. there. Which that's I mean that could be kind of funny, but again, it's not really. They don't really do anything with it. Um, but uh, what I was kind of expecting from this show because I was like, why, why the puppet thing? You know, they're talking about collectors. They turn them into a puppet, and the only thing I could think of is they're going to start selling puppets of this guy sure. if they're not already available. Yep. 
And I was thinking, well, if this show was a little bit more, if how how in this episode about collecting and the insanity over collecting, do you not do one of those like fake commercials for get your own uh, Kayshawn yeah. puppet at lower? You know, it's that sort of you know over the top crazy thing, uh, commercial kind of thing for the uh, uh, the 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 great new digestible product that they have to to yep. sell you and they didn't it was just unless they i don't know unless they were somewhere else not on the show but um that was the only thing i think is like the only reason they're doing this is because they're going to make a they're going to make a toy yeah. out of this no definitely like he and the toy aspect fits into the collector universe he becomes the toy that but the the collector doesn't does the collector comment on it? He tries to take it. No, he tries to take him before he's a puppet, doesn't he? He tries to do something, or does he try? Well, he, yeah, he, he. Uh, they, they set off the alarm, and the alarm system says, "In since you set the alarm off, you're going to become part of the collection." Okay. And he blasts Kayshawn, and it, the blast turns him into a gotcha. puppet. That's it. Gotcha. There's no, there's no further exploration <laughs> of what that means. <laughs> it's just something that happens. No deep ethical thing about how we're all commodities to somebody else and stuff like that. Yeah, there's not even, there's not even a line where like Mariner grabs him and goes, "Oh my God, he's so cute! I want one of these. Can I get, you know, can I make another one? Yeah. Like any, there's nothing like that. Like, oh, I can understand why he would want to collect this. This thing is adorable. Yeah. There's nothing yeah. like that. Yeah, just kind of it, it's. Truly baffling as to why they did that. Yeah, that's true. Oh, he's one out of a thousand. I got number one. That's got to be worth something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, All right. So I guess we'll move to final thoughts at this point. Thank you. I did. The one joke that I did like that is that is a a reference you have to know is when they when they get there, the squid guy says they they were like sorry we were late and he says something like what you get held up debating the ethics of a humanoid yeah. robot or yeah. something like yeah. that <laughs> the humanity of a robot i thought that i like that one <laughs> we'll go to final thoughts thank you very much for listening hope you enjoyed the content today where we talked about Keishana's eyes open and strange energies you can want to uh if you want to support the show you want to hear more content like this and you want to hear more content in general you go to patreon.com slash the penske file support us there a couple dollars a month you get extra podcasts. You get polls to decide what we talk about. You get access to the Discord channels that aren't available to everybody. All that good stuff. And you keep uh, supporting the show. You make sure that we do everything in Voyager, which we're at that goal now. But it's always nice to secure that by adding a few more dollars to make sure that if someone drops out, we don't stop doing it. And we're going to be covering every episode of Voyager at some point, all thanks to the patrons. So patreon.com slash the Penske file is the best way to support the show. Um, and as always, mm-hmm. a special thank you. Tory Captains, Captains to your supporters. Special thanks to Tark Latif, Samuel Custer, Joint Mango, Cal Barrett, Mike Burnett, Andrew Charlock, Matthew Ross, Michael Pond, Christian Pouch, Matt Cutler, Nick Sergey, Grim Santo, Sean, Bradley Killens, uh, Brandon Howells, Dwayne Hackett, Vault 13 Hero, Kevin Reyes, Jordan Cooper, Russell O, Stephen Minton, HH28, Darth Musk, Derek Zajak, Paul Roscoe, Jacob123, Poindexter G, Patrick Seba, Dave Davies, Johnny Franceschi, Mike Harris, Captain Brazen, Eric Sandstrom, Jakey's Gamer, Kevin Lowry, Corey Martin, William Schleisler, Rahan Jaffer, Nick the Rat, Disbretta, Edmark Starr, Soylent Blue, Zane Majors, Olivia Pardua, Groppler, John Zorn, Retail, Tom Hickey, Jose Hunter, ZWNF Remixes, Captain Munchausen, James McLennan, Beal, Jonas, Tommy Tango, Two Vicks Must Die, Dennis Seifert, Chris McLaughlin, and Mutilated Puppet. Thank you very much, everybody, for supporting the show. Let us know what you thought about the two first episodes of Star Trek Lower Decks. We're not rating these at this point. I don't think we need to, really. I'm not going to start that now because no. we didn't rate the first season. But um, we don't have any comments from the patrons because we're doing this as they come out. 
So it's a little bit of a shorter episode. But final thoughts, Clay, Thank about the first. God. The first. <laughs> we have to read their terrible thoughts about these episodes. <laughs> um, but no, patrons, leave your thoughts about the upcoming fourth season of Enterprise. We're a couple episodes in. So if you want to leave some thoughts now, I reckon uh, I, rec- I recommend that you do that. Final thoughts about this one, Clay. Any final thoughts about these first two episodes? And uh, I don't think um, I have a better lead for you at that. Unfortunately, I was hoping I could give you a direction <laughs> to go in. But do you, have any, do you have any final thoughts? Yeah, yeah. I just thought, I thought it was a pretty good start. It was it was pretty consistent with the with the last season. It do, I think it doesn't. Um, the first two for me didn't hit the heights of the last season but it took him a while to get there in that season anyway um but i did think that the second episode was one half of it i thought was really good and the other half i thought was fine um and yeah i'm interested to see what what the rest of it like it hasn't soured me on the show or anything it's it's not like it's any more or less than the last season was and i enjoyed the last season so i envisioned myself enjoying this one unless it gets two in the weeds of its of its own uh, for its own good yeah i um i like this show i i don't hesitate to watch it really um sure. it's, not, it's not like i'm like oh god damn it i have to like at the, the end of every discovery season i'm like oh fuck i have to watch like an episode of discovery i don't feel that way about lower mm-hmm. decks really but to call back to what I said before, I do really just have the sense of this is a web series that I'm watching. Like this is not authentic in a lot of ways. Like I think discussing it on the podcast is kind of an example of how it feels that way and why I'm glad that we're not doing it in the episode by episode is because under the core of what it is doing, there's not a lot there. Like and say what you want about Enterprise being a failure and Enterprise being kind of mediocre and not very interesting. There is an attempt under the surface of everything with Enterprise to try to do something. Like they're trying, but they're not very good at what they're trying to do. Lower Decks doesn't really do that. And and it's not it's not the fault of the show because I don't think the show is trying to do that. But that's what leads things like the line about Star Trek isn't about action, it's about exploration. It makes it ring a little bit hollow to me. It's like, well, you're not the show to lecture me about this, really. Um, But I don't dislike it. I just don't... It's the best of the new treks, and I don't really know if I would recommend anyone watch the show. You know? I wouldn't be like, you should should check out Lower Decks. That's a good show right there. It's um it's just in a weird place for me where I think it's it's doing well against its competition but if there was another even average Star Trek show this would not be in that pole position place you know what I mean Sure yeah no I would agree with that yeah I think it's a tough one to recommend um for someone who's not a Star Trek fan honestly Yeah yeah um cuz I think it's yeah, I don't. I wouldn't say, oh man, you gotta watch. You you gotta watch Lower Decks. Even if you are a Star Trek fan, I probably wouldn't say that. Yeah. No. Um. I don't think. Yeah, I feel the same way. It's not something I I I I like the show. I I enjoy watching it, but yeah, is it? Yeah. That's it. Does, 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 I mean, yeah. Does it like? I don't know. My, my final thing. I think it has potential. I think it has potential because I think the highs of last season were higher than I expected it to go. Like sure. I think they they told some really good stories towards the end, 
And I think if they harnessed more of that energy and managed to tell these, you know, well-crafted stories that also exist in this wacky, fast-paced world, then I think it could become a show where I'm like, you should probably watch Lower Decks. It's pretty, it's pretty good. Yeah. But as it stands, it's like, yeah, it's, it's fine. You know, check it out. So yeah, it's good it's, for a half an hour. It's not even really Darmok and it's not even really a criticism because it's helmets. it's not it's not failing at right. what it's trying to do. You know, I can't be like this right. show is not right. executing yeah. itself. It's executing what it's trying to do. Um and in a marketplace of you're just trying to flood Paramount Plus with content that people will watch, it's doing a serviceable mm-hmm. job at that. Um yeah. I think I think if the stories were worse and it was just running around referencing stuff then i think it's in trouble but it's not that i think they've even even these two stories which are you know the first one is is fine the second one's a bit better i think there's enough enough to hang that stuff on that it doesn't just get incessant and and loud to me anyway yeah i'd agree so i'm looking forward to the next two we'll have the next two episodes after the next enterprise episode which i think is the the wrap up season three wrap up after this one so and then we're going to move into uh zero hour and home and everything after that alternating with lower decks obviously and the next two i don't know what they are i think the tom paris one is next and i don't know what's after that so i won't bother looking at it but thank you very much for listening everybody support the show at patreon.com slash the file if you're so inclined clay do you have anything you want to say uh keep checking out rotten horror picture show and badass riding hard picture show we've got american werewolf in london and the invitation yeah werewolf just came out coming out or out at this point yeah okay um those are fun ones and badass we're coming up on the end of the season which is the end of the series actually uh we've only got i think three episodes of our show left before we're done with the entirety of batman the animated series and on patreon we're still trucking our way through the friday the 13th series uh, yeah. This month is take Jason takes Manhattan, mm-hmm. and next month is Jason goes to hell. Look forward to that on Patreon, which he technically kind of does. <laughs> I guess it's, that's a little misleading, but <laughs> I can't believe we're, it's almost been a year of the of this of that at this point. You know, it's crazy. Time has flies. Yeah, like we just started that nine stuff. nine months in. Nine months in. Yeah, the baby is born. Um, that's yeah, it. Yeah, name it Jason. Thank you. Not enough Jasons in the world anymore. um that's it thanks everybody for listening hope you enjoyed it let us know your thoughts about lower decks you can spend send an email do it on social media comments on the youtube video we are done with this one we'll be back with enterprise thank you very much for listening we'll see you next time